Time Show, and it's just a little over two weeks until proper real football Woo! returns. Cannot wait. We finish off our divisional previews today with the NFC North and our all-NFC North team. We'll go through all the big news and views from around the NFL, answer your tweets, and we speak with one of my very favourite players in the entire of the NFL, Levante David. Loafers. Why? What's they look like this. Whenever you're ready, mate. You're listening to the Gridiron Show. Will Gavin and Ollie Hunter in the studio. Ollie, how are you, sir? I'm all right. Bit jaded. We ha- we basically haven't actually properly conversed before the show this week. It's ideal because <laughs> then we can have our actual conversation in person. It is pretty ideal. Whilst you were talking to Levante David, I was waking up and fully living up to my uh, <laughs> hobo status that you <laughs> adorn me with. I woke up in a park. Mate, you adorn yourself with that hobo status. Go and look at yourself in a mirror. That's a good, great shout. I woke up in a park uh, with the sun fully on my face. I expect to be like a lobster tomorrow. Um, yeah, but other than that, I'm good. I'm enjoying the sun. It's too hot. It's too hot no, for me. No, no, no. Oh, no, I'm loving it. I was watching. I finished off Stranger Things this morning, um, whilst my cats were laying about the house because it was so hot that even though my cats are currently obsessed with going outside, they won't even go outside because it's too hot out there. Open the front door. Open the back door. Let through breeze get going. Get into your pants and just avoid the heat. At all costs. Sorry. Do you let the through breeze to get into your pants? Oh, very is that much what you're so. Saying? Yeah, I tend to aim a leg <laughs> no, at each well, door. Well, Back fam- door, front door, so there's like a good through breeze. You're a disgrace. It's a family show. Yeah, uh, is it? <laughs> I don't know. Some people listen to it. <laughs> I'm not sure there's enough people listen to it to justify they have, calling it a family they show. They have families. But, oh, that's a good point. Um so my auction league. So we're currently up to nine members out oh. of twelve. We're drafting next Tuesday, the 30th of August, or maybe Thursday, the 1st of September. Not 100% sure, but we still want three more people. I've been quite selective in making sure we get people who are going to take fantasy football seriously and know what they're talking about. So if you still want to do... Stop it. Stop it. Sorry, that was me in the park earlier. I had to deal with... Uh, I, I had to deal with... This is a, a talking a talking shop here um, inside baseball, but Elliot Spiteri, who is one of the desk ops here at TalkSport... Um, was driving the desk when we did extra time this past weekend and we kept getting Arsenal fans calling in to talk about the fact that Arsene Wenger hadn't signed anyone and complain about it after their 0-0 draw with Leicester and every time they'd get off on a rant he'd just start bringing in the polka music from Groundhog Day Oh, amazing Did he do the thing? Did he do the thing? He went on for Way I would too say long. Eight, <laughs> a, good, um, a good four miles too four long. Miles too quick. Um, <laughs> did he do the thing where he records something annoying that the caller does, and no, then yeah. just just keeps playing it back out like a caller would go? You know what I mean? And <laughs> he would he would do it all he's, the time. He's not done that to me yet, though. That's not happened. But he did occasionally. Like I quite like to be quite uh, much like our music that comes into the show. I like to get the bed so like I come in at the right point at the end of a bar or just as the build comes. Like and so he kept like playing a really good bed, and I'd be like. And then I'd like kind of point as if I'm going to come in, and then I'd go to come in, Don't and point. He'd, I wouldn't point. That's you know Russell what I mean? Hargreaves. Yeah, sorry, I'd not point, but I'd. It was clear I was going to come in because I'd approach the mic, 
week and he'd just pull the music so I was silence oh, and stuff yeah, like that. That's, yeah, that's good. That's he kept classic. doing stuff like that to classic me. Ridiculous. Maltese banter. <laughs> but that's, uh, that's just a bit of inside Apart talk from, sport. and again, it, did, it only took Ever you, professional. it only took you less than five minutes to humble brag that you're on uh, a national radio station. Uh, yeah, well, I heard from a certain member of the team at the weekend that, uh, that it's a situation that, uh, they went, I think it would, their exact words were, oh, I hear Ollie Hunter's not very happy that you're on extra time, so... I'm going to call you out on it on the podcast. I don't think so. I, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't believe it for a second. I'm but entirely. Ups- <laughs> I'm absolutely delighted for yeah, you. Yeah, I don't feel like I knew you were, but somebody kind of went. Yeah, I'd heard. Who he's, was uh, that? Tell me. I heard was. he's not particularly. I'll, I'll tell you off there. Tell me. Uh, tell me now. We're not recording. <laughs> no, we are recording. I know <laughs> the little red lights on. I can see it. All right. Tell me now and uh, through talkback. That baldy bastard. <laughs> believe it yeah exactly so anyway let's move on let's talk about football uh, stranger things by the way because people were tweeting us about it after we talked about it last week it's good it's maybe very good it's not quite as good as the hype suggested i don't know anything about it i have listened to i've watched it entire in its entirety in the past two days because it was the first time i'd had off in a little while i know it's the one that i think i might be scared of it's the super 80s one it's got like less scary more kind of atmospheric bits there are a few like jumpy scary jump sections but not massively it's not like a proper horror film or anything all right fair enough i think you'd survive it okay we got loads of news to get to we've got levante david coming up shortly as well one of my very favorite players in the nfl the madden ratings are out this week did you see des bryant has been losing the proverbial shiz over the fact that he's only rated as the eighth best wide receiver in the game and been talking smack and telling everyone that uh, that he's going to prove everyone wrong and all that nonsense he's injury prone yeah Oh, well, yeah. That's, and and I think if you look at the players above him in the list, most of them are pretty hard to dispute that they don't deserve to be in that top eight. So, Get just, over yourself, Des. Exactly. But we, I asked Levante David about that. He's rated an 86, which is number nine at outside linebacker. And I would put him, in terms of pure skill set, in the top five. But I think he's had a couple of down years with uh, with Lovey Smith. He's not been getting his big kind of splashy plays, the interceptions, the the um, the turnovers, and so we kind of asked in Mike Smith's scheme, is that something? Because interestingly, he, he talked about it about uh, two weeks ago when he said that he was finding Mike Smith's scheme meant that he didn't have to think so much he could just play football but that's weird because lovey smith plays that tampa two theoretically that should be a really simple defense we've just got to go out and do your job well levante david's enjoying something a bit more complex it sounds like so really good chat with him that's coming up in a little while looking forward to that and our all nfc north team hashtag a spoiler alert lot of packers lot of vikings yeah, uh, same here. I, d- I felt bad about the Bears' defence, and we'll kind of pick it apart a bit later, but there were a lot of Bears that nearly made my team, but were all kind of on the cusp, and I feel like the Bears' defence this year under Vic Fangio could get really good, and that next year's team will feature a lot of Bears on defence, but I had to go on what we've seen on the field the last couple of years, and they're not at that level yet. I've got two maybes from the Bears' defence and two definites from the Bears' offence, and that's it. And that's not be- uh, me being anti-Bears. And I think you've got one of the Bears linemen, and I think you've got Alshon Jeffrey. Yeah. Bang. Yeah. Bang! And Bang! I think we're going to be very agreeable this week, which is upsetting. Uh, I might just start picking against all the Packers, just to wind you up. Yeah, you're an absolute disgrace. <laughs> um, we are, we're drafting whilst recording 
the oh we shouldn't really say that should oh, stop it uh, we're recording <laughs> we're recording an NFL uh, the NFL show later but we're also drafting in the Paolo Bandini league yeah and at the same time as as recording now I've done no zero. Uh, I, I enjoyed the list that you sent me earlier about what? how your dra- your planned draft is going to go. Let me uh, let me let me recap it for our dearest listeners. Draft my drafting criteria in descending order is maybe people could uh, at gridiron as their drafting criteria. You know, um, love that. Uh, no bears at the top. Fine, I will not pick a bear. Yeah, even I, uh, if even if it gets to the tenth round and Alshon Jeffrey's still there. I will not pick Alshon Jeffrey. But, however, it does mean I can now pick Matt Forte. Yay! There yeah. you go. Uh, probably, probably the worst year you want to pick him, but carry on. Yeah, whatever. Prep, what, brackets, parentheses. Great word. Pr- brackets, parentheses? Yeah. You put parentheses in brackets? <laughs> that feels unnecessary. When Prep, when I bother. Ranking, I mean, it's hard to ignore the ranking. Uh, what I think I know, may have heard, remember. I think that could be a bit with gut feeling. But, yeah. Um, Flyers. We've got love flyers. I love a flyer. I've got some great flyers yeah. this year that I've been Generally taking. Generally, flyers are sort of a, a fourth round from the current draft. The, the problem, <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, the problem with this year is that we've got... So it's stuff like um, in the Paolo Bandini draft. It, it's becoming a keeper league this year. So whilst you shouldn't let that affect how you draft in the first six or seven rounds, it's things like... I'm thinking about taking injured players who I know are injured for most of the season, but thinking about taking them like round 10, round 11, even though that's way too high, because actually I know that then I'll get them and next year I'll be able to keep them for like a ninth round pick when they're getting picked in the first two rounds. It's stuff like that. And just between us. When are you taking Martavis Bryant? <laughs> <laughs> it's not who I was talking about, but uh, and he, he that's too much a risk. He's out like pretty much the whole... Is he out he's eight out the, games? No, he's out the whole season. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't pick him. Yeah, well, it's an interesting one. Maybe in like round 16, if if I'm allowed to take him instead of a kicker. Uh, my final my final criteria is uh, Aaron Ripkowski. <laughs> <laughs> I should put in there Cairo Santos as well. How absolutely gutted were you that John Kuhn not only left your team but signed for uh, but signed for another team? Um, I wasn't that gutted because I love Aaron Ripkowski. So I don't know why it, John had, had it's run its course. So. <laughs> Well, should we get on to the news? Because we've been blathering for quite a while and we haven't even started. Yes. So we're not in the man cave this week. Somebody tweeted asking whether we we're going to put some photos out of the man cave. I'm like, yeah, but we need to get some more stuff up in there first. I want to put some jerseys up. I want to I want to spruce the place up a bit. I have permission from my wife to do put you want my, a couple of jerseys up. Do you want me to, can I lend you a jersey? Maybe. My uh, my Clay Matthews one that the pod gave me. That's from definitely the, not going up. Come on! <laughs> Only if it's the pink one that you wore when we were at uh, Lambeau Field. That was a Rogers The lacy jersey. one. <laughs> but you bought it. Uh, right. I Speaking of it, yeah. the Packers, the NFL are to interview uh, Clay Matthews, Julius Peppers, as well as James Harrison of the Steelers and current free agent Mike Neal. This is part of the same allegation stemming from the December uh, report from Al Jazeera America. You remember at the time it was the one that uh, tried to implicate Peyton Manning, although he has now been cleared by the NFL. Uh, the players tried to fight it initially, so uh, they, they've now agreed to do it. Harrison said so they can get their little 23 seconds or whatever. They don't have credible 
evidence, period. End of discussion. I never took a PD in my life and I never failed a drug test. You know, simple. So, you know, it, this could be big news if any of the four of them get caught out as part of this. But the fact is there are PDs that go out of your system within a day. So unless you fail a drug test and, you ha- and none of these players have failed a drug test as it currently stands, I can't imagine a huge amount's going to come out of it. For a performance-enhancing drug, is it beyond the NFL to cover this up? What do you mean? Well, I mean, if, if say, a star player like Julius Peppers, like uh, Clay Matthews, you know, former beacons of the NFL, really, potential Hall of Famers in come you know maybe i'm stretching it with uh, <laughs> with uh, with matthews but you know what i mean do you think they could cover cover up something like this they're a massive organization they're pretty inept at doing it when it comes to other things like um let's say the ray rice i just don't issue. see why they i don't see why they bother actually in a way uh, i'm having, just asking the question having the opportunity to reveal this is potentially positive for them because it says look we're being tough and we're uh, cracking down even though it really doesn't mean anything yeah okay well all in all i think it was bs fair play uh point uh Vonte davis has been speaking today spoke with the indianapolis star zach Kiefer. said he believes his, his ankle injury will heal in time for him to be ready for week one my god they need him don't they well they signed antonio cromati this week and if that doesn't stink of desperation i don't know what does yeah because he's been a player in the in the decline I mean, for the last three or four years. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I love Vontae Davis. I love him. Uh, I really hope that he gets better. But when a player actually comes out and says these things, it's kind of like in soccer where you get the vote, dreaded vote of confidence from the board from mm-hmm. when it's a manager. So, yeah, I really hope he's all right. Uh, Loads of Patriots news about this week. Um, A lot of it quite negative. Uh, But starting with today, it's confirmed they're cutting cutting their starting centre, Brian Stork, from played 17 games over the last two years. I mean, that offensive line was an absolute dumpster fire last year, and it cost a man his job, the offensive line coach. And so you imagine that... uh, they're gonna. It's gonna come out looking pretty, pretty changed this year. Uh, but at the moment, no confirmation of how they're gonna line up because the Patriots aren't ever gonna give that away. Uh, additionally, uh, there was the Tom Brady scissors thing, where he. I, have, I don't know about this. Where he was, and apparently he got, he cut himself on some scissors. And that's why he missed the game. And okay, I'm not, so not going to lie, when it came out, it felt like Tom Brady's playing any pre-season games, we're going to find a silly excuse just before he starts the game. I mean, it's, it's a bit weird that he's allowed to play pre-season games when he's banned anyway. I find that strange. He's not banned from pre-season. Okay, I mean, I, I do find that strange. He, you, he said he let out a pretty loud word he wouldn't say in front of his kids. Like, deflation. Whoa. <laughs> um, I can't believe I was the one to bring that up. I really apologise. Yeah, you're an absolute disgrace. But it it, it does explain why Drew Stanton... Not Drew Stanton. Ugh, why did that come out uh, when he was told he was going to be the starter for that game? Uh, <laughs> you had a, quite a lot of notice you are going to be the starter for the next four meaningful games. So let's pay some attention to those, shall we? It's all part of the, the Belichick Patriots Oh, so, there's so much nonsense. And I mean, crap. Belichick has uh, been saying that the third preseason game doesn't even come light years close to the regular season because the tradition is the third preseason game is when teams play a majority of their starters. They tend to roll them out for at least a half 
maybe even three quarters, yeah. and then bring them back for the for the fourth preseason game and tend to focus that purely on the fringes of the of the playing squad. Uh, but they have been had some injuries as well. Jabal Sheard is dealing with an MCL sprain. He's been absolutely brilliant uh, since he came back in, and that's kind of bad news uh, since he um, came in from the Browns and that's bad news for the Patriots because their pass rush is looking a little weak this year add to that the fact that Sebastian Vollmer is on the pup list with a hip injury and is likely to stay there throughout the entire season and then add to that that Dion Lewis who we all thought was going to be back for the start of the year has now been confirmed that he's getting a knee clean up a yeah. follow up to his first surgery I don't like the um, sound of it and that, that might keep him out for as they've said two months yeah. going to start the season on pup maybe misses many as eight games the Patriots are pretty banged up before we've even gone into the year oh shame um there's a really funny situation yeah. as well with the injuries this year because um uh, the they've changed the way the designations work now you you know the previous used to be probable mm -hmm. oh yeah uh, yeah, yeah uh the other ones <laughs> questionable yes and doubtful yeah well probable has gone now oh, I liked probable so questionable suddenly takes on more potential significance like there's more likelihood they'll play yeah. doubtful now changes and it just it, even though I understand the whole point of it was to provide more clarity by reducing the number and it's to avoid situations like like Tom Brady has started every game for the Patriots other than the season he missed when he went out in the week one game and blew his knee open and they managed to go to the playoffs uh, with Matt Castle possibly I've probably got that entirely you know, I wrong. I think now. you're right. Um, I and, think you're right. Yeah, I, I, it's uh, so he's not missed a single start other than that, and yet of his two hundred and whatever starts, he's been listed as probable or lower for a hundred and forty odd of them. Wow. So that's that's Belichick the just I, taking the piss. Yeah. So it? the idea is they're trying to avoid stuff like that. But actually, for those of us who play fantasy football, it becomes a complete nightmare because you get players like the aforementioned Alshon Jeffrey who will come into games not as anything and then end up missing it like he did about four times last year. You're going to see that loads more and it's a massive pain yeah. and a bit of a mess. It's a ball ache. It's a massive ball ache. Yeah. Uh, I mentioned the Des Bryant calling NFL, uh, Madden ratings an insult, didn't I? Well, he, miss he, he went out with a concussion against the Seahawks as well. Apparently not serious. That was one of the in bits of injury news that I clicked on. Now not bothered about. Carlos Williams. Now, this is amazing. I was doing a bit of prep for uh, the NFL show uh, that we're recording next week. And um, I, I was like... You mean four next week, tonight? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was like, where's Carlos Williams? I want to talk about Carlos Williams. I think he'll be really good. He's a, Who's going to start? Will it be LeSean McCoy or Carlos Williams? He's not on the depth chart. Where's he gone? Did a bit of digging. He's no longer there. What happened, Will? Well, he was already confirmed he was going to be missing four games for um, violating the NFL uh, policy and program substance abuse. I believe it was a missed test rather than a failed test in Carlos Williams' case. Uh, infamously came to camp uh, showing up kind of 20 pounds overweight a la Eddie Lacy. And I think I get the impression that combined it with that... It will always be called Eddie, uh, a la Eddie call, Lacy call it, now, Pulling right? a Lacy. Yeah, pulling a Lacy. When combined with the fact that they quite like a lot of the rest of their backfield, there's Jonathan Williams, the promising rookie, Mike Gillersley, who flashed mm. in bits last year, Reggie Bush, who's currently second on their depth chart, although I imagine if he'd be more of a passing downs back, and if LaShawn McCoy goes down, I imagine one of Williams or Gillersley will get the bulk of the carries but I think they were bullish enough on the other four they had to basically go do you know what? it's not worth the hassle yeah I mean he had a, a fantastic uh, a fantastic 
rookie season, seven rushing touchdowns, I believe two catching. Um, <laughs> catching! The receiver. Uh, yeah, nine total touchdowns. Yeah, nine total I think is thanks, what you're trying to say. Thanks, mate. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, he's such a talent. It almost seems such a waste as well. Does the NFL need to provide, I don't know, more mentoring schemes, more support so they already for do, some of these players? They already do the rookie symposium, which theoretically should work and should ha- do a lot of good. But I just think you have so many... These guys who... We've probably talked about this a lot before, but they come out of college where they're already superstars. You add to the fact that they've been told since they were 12 years old, probably, that their proverbial cack doesn't stink. Mm. And then they get suddenly added on top of that millions of dollars in contracts if they're picked in the first couple of rounds you know all in all it's a dangerous situation to inflate an ego for 10 years and then suddenly inject into that ego ridiculous amounts of cash and it's no surprise that there are always a few players who are who who are a bit of a mess but the rate is still probably higher than it should be Combine that with the fact that in a social media age and in a time when we've got 24-hour news and everything else, that little things which might have passed people by in the past will get picked up on. Like take um, uh, Denard Robinson in his car accident he had before he came out to the yeah, UK. Yeah, yeah. Like That's the sort of thing where because there wasn't actually a DUI or anything involved, it might just have got missed in the past. But now, uh, you know, the, that'll get dug up. It's going to be on NFL Network. It's going to be mentioned. So, yeah, I, there's a lot of things built up, and I think the NFL do a lot to try and avoid it. Do they do enough? I don't know. I don't think so. Gaze into your crystal ball, Will. Where do you think Carlos Williams will end up? I, well, he didn't, he, he didn't get picked up off waivers, so he's a free agent. I can't imagine no one will give him a shot. And there are a few backfields who are currently by committee who might take a look at him but he's got to lose the weight first i yeah. think and he he showed enough flashes i don't think he's a spectacular running back i think he's a very north south pretty standard running back but when you look at his stats in the first year and his ability to bowl defenders over i'd be amazed if somebody doesn't pick him up i'm just trying to think of running back needy teams i mean the dolphins probably don't need any more of a mess there considering that it's already a bit of a state but arian foster we're hearing is going to get a shot jay ajayi we're hearing is still not is still struggling with fitness there's lots of issues there and then there's a lot of bad teams in the NFL so there's a lot of places he could land because of that I'm going to say Cleveland he'll end up in Cleveland yeah every possibility actually I think they're quite bullish on Isaiah Crowell from what I understand I think they really think he can be a three down back I've not seen anything to suggest that they're right but I think they believe that that's true yeah go on Cleveland uh, I really like this uh, there's, a, there's a few moves from this week that were kind of like under the uh, under the radar which I quite liked um, Eagles signing Stephen Tullock the former oh, yeah, Lions I linebacker I like that yeah yeah uh, this is a guy who played at one point in his career like 8 million games in a row or something uh, before he got injured he was the uh, I think the defensive player with the highest active streak of consistent starts mm. and it, it just adds to an Eagles defence which I think is being really underrated this year well you, they, they did lose <laughs> they did lose um, Kiko Alonso and it was the other fellow that they lost I just think you've got went to Miami a front seven Byron Maxwell that's yeah Byron Maxwell but they've got decent they've got decent safeties in Malcolm Jenkins and in Rodney McLeod they've got a front seven that's full of some passer I mean I like Michael Kendricks as well but when you consider Connor Barwin Fletcher Cox Vinnie Curry a lot of potential Mm. there add Jim Swartz in who whilst we dislike him immensely as a human being is a great (laughs) defensive coordinator you've probably got 
in Philadelphia right now, if you talk about the NFC East, the offense might be the worst unit of any starting unit in that division but the defense has the potential to be one of the best and so people writing off the eagles i saw um pro football talk tweet out what teams do you think are already guaranteed to not make the playoffs this year and surprisingly a lot of the responses involved the eagles and i thought in an nfc east which is so unpredictable i wouldn't write them off so quickly well a lot of people wrote off washington last year and look what happened to them they managed to make the playoffs so yeah, you're right. That that division is an utter lottery. Uh, Henry Melton coming into the Denver Broncos. Uh, I like that as a signing just because I think it adds a bit of depth on their line. And Melton's a player who I liked a lot when he was at the Bears. He's kind of bumped around the league a bit of time in Dallas, a bit of time in Tampa Bay. But uh, yeah, I think he's uh, for the depth they've lost on that defense. Uh, you know, he's got something to him, mm. which means he can add some pressure up the middle. So I liked that move as well. Just thinking about it, going back to that pro football talk point. How many of those teams do you think you could name that were the the ones that appeared most regularly? I told you there were four. Cleveland? Yep. Uh, One of them is dead easy. San Diego? No, San Diego weren't on there. Although I think a couple of people may have mentioned them, but they weren't one of the ones uh, that kept turning um, up. The Chicago Bears? No. Detroit Lions? No. Oh, uh, I'm not very good at this. I think the Chicago Bears, there's a shout for them in there, even though I think their defense will get a lot better this year and their offense did get better last year. I think there's a shout for Detroit Lions. The San Francisco 49ers, obviously. Oh, right, yeah. I think with the Browns and 49ers, the reason those are my two that I'd say right now won't make the playoffs is because they're bad teams in very good divisions, whereas... The Eagles might be a bad team in a bang average division, and sometimes you can you put together five divisional wins, and suddenly you're you're winning the division. So that's the kind of difference. Was one of the other ones? Damn, Titans, damn. The Titans was the other one of the four, and I enjoyed that drop immensely, Ollie. We had a conversational fair that we need to be doing more of those. It was very loud, but otherwise I enjoyed. Was it. Uh, another one? No, I think people are surprisingly bullish on the Rams. Although I've started to get a bit bored of their, um, started to get a bit bored of their hard knocks already. It's been some great moments, but there's no really great characters on that team. I still haven't seen it. Yeah, not since we worked together. Don't don't. When I downloaded it. Um, <laughs> don't rush. Okay, that's all I'm saying. Okay, uh, it's okay. no last chance. No, sorry, all or nothing. Uh, yeah, but you know how my fe- what my feelings on all or nothing were, so let's move on. Somebody did tweet us asking about this, saying, like, uh, is it just me, or do Americans buy into nonsense much quicker than anyone else, basically? They said, I've been watching All or Nothing and Hard Knocks, and these ridiculous, rubbish, uh, supposed motivational speeches that they're giving to people, is it just Americans that fall for this, or do you think it's a real positive? And I thought to myself, I quite like a good NFL emo... Uh, when they give the big like rah rah i thought um the honey badger gave a couple of particularly good ones in all or nothing um you know there's some nonsense there as well but yeah all be good all be good well i mean i've i've just got two words donald trump of uh, course okay. they of course they fall for <laughs> right okay okay fair i was like i didn't understand where this was going but i now understand um nick fairley's ready to take a bigger load with the saints that was just funny to me because the headline was funny yep uh, all <laughs> on board with that brashard perryman had a full day of training don't believe you it's only taken a year and no, a half sorry but he's had a full day Do of training not believe you he said uh, he'll be worth the wait oh, okay he's a deep threat 
could be good for the Ravens. Yeah. Teddy Bridgewater has resumed throwing. I mean, that's probably not good news, but uh, he's he's had uh, an issue with his. I use myself a bit too much. Then he's had an issue with his shoulder, which combine it with an already poor throwing motion. Uh, then Adrian Peterson's going to get a hell of a lot of work in the NFC North this year. Who cares? <laughs> uh, Josh Gordon wants to stay and work with the Browns. He's been working with their first stringers, and Hugh Jackson and Joe Hayden have both come out saying it's crazy. He looks exactly the same, just a little bit bigger. And I don't think they mean fatter. I think they mean bulkier. So well, Josh that can Gordon. only be a good thing. Have you seen any? I mean, the, a lot of NFL highlights on Facebook, etc., um, of RG three throwing to Terrell Pryor. He, Have uh, you seen any of? The, what do you make of Terrell Pryor? Is there any way that? He could be a, a, a threat. A, I think a that, bra- that bre- Browns receiving core is the greenest in the entire the NFL. But there are so many of them. At least three of them have to be good. Yeah. And Terrell Pryor's had a couple of good plays in preseason. Actually, RG 3s I mean, I know. I, I reiterate right now: preseason football is not real. The Arizona Cardinals. Their win rate in the league over the past four years is 75%. Yep. Their preseason win rate is 30%. Okay. Because they know how to use preseason to test your team, mm. to try different things, to put rookies out there, etc. They use it properly. Um, it's a bit like... But RG3, he had something like... Uh, he led the team in rushing, had two touchdown drives. Like He's looked really, actually, genuinely impressive in semi-competitive games. It's just the fact that he's made of polystyrene and spit so he wow. will fall apart at some point nice nice uh nicely done there sorry what a lovely analogy something. yeah thanks mate yeah anytime um oh uh, the last two things were just gonna be quickly i've been enjoying there's been some twitter beefs part of it's to do with the um part of it's to do with the madden ratings Patrick Peterson tweeted out something about uh, couldn't believe that Josh Norman was the number one overall corner with 94. He's going to end up seeing how silly he looks now he's in a team that doesn't like cover up with the pass rush what he does. Uh, and then he tweeted out a picture with Patrick Peterson with the number four ranked cornerback next to him and like said like you know somebody's just bitter or something like that then Josh Norman came out and said that Odell Beckham's got in for a rough year ahead of him in a in an interview with Rolling Stone and then he singled out Demarius Thomas slagged off the his performance in the postseason and the Super Bowl last year so Demarius Thomas just tweeted back a photo of his Super Bowl ring saying where's yours at young fella Wow, love that. And there's just been, it's that yeah. point two weeks before the season where everyone's just getting a bit overexcited and uh, I'm enjoying great, it. It's great, isn't it? I love yeah. all of that stuff. Yeah, football's <laughs> nearly back. Oh, Real on. football is nearly back. Uh, what do you want to do? We've got Levante David. I want to hear from him. Let's do Levante David then. So, uh, I one of my genuine favourite players in the league, I think I say that in the intro, um, and uh, I just caught up with him and chatted Buck's defensive scheme, his thoughts on the NFC South, all of the stuff you'd normally expect to talk about in preseason. So here he is, outside linebacker of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Levante David. Just a little over two weeks away from the start of the football season. I'm sure that whilst we as fans are excited, the players cannot get wait to get out there. They must be chomping at the bit. And joining us on the line now, one of our very favourite defensive players from the league. Well, no, that's unfair. One of our favourite players from the league, full stop, uh, from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Levante. David, Levante, how are you doing this fine day? Hi, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. No, well, thank you for joining us. And uh, how are you enjoying camp so far? Uh, you know, campus camp, man, you got to enjoy it to the fullest. You know, you never know you're going to get opportunities like this. And uh, I'm very grateful to be a part of my fifth training camp. 
C- coming into your fifth year in the league, how has your approach to, to camp changed? Do you remember that rookie season and, and getting onto that training field in Tampa for the first time? Yes, I do. Uh, I just try to, you know, take it, you know, one year at a time. You know, every year I try to remind myself, you know, it's a perfect opportunity, you know, try to just go out there and uh, just learn as much as I can. Just basically just try to be a rookie all over again, you know, learn everything the way I'm supposed to learn everything and then prepare uh, myself the right way and go out there and do everything I'm supposed to do and just, you know, try to uh, do my best every day in and day out to uh, put them myself to have a great season. Look, I'm not going to lie, Levante. I was out there around this time last year, actually totally not work-related for my honeymoon, but it's so hot <laughs> there at this time of year, and I just can't even begin mm-hmm. to imagine putting on pads, running around in this. There's got to be part of you after five years that's like, can we get like an indoor facility, yeah. maybe some air conditioning out here? Oh, man. It's just, you know, you know, with the with the Florida heat, man, it's something that you could never get used to. But, you know, looking for me, I grew up in it, so I, I know what it's like, so I get my right for it, but you know, uh, coaches do a great job, you know, taking care of us and uh, players be very professional to take care of themselves and also just, you know, being able to get off the field and just trying to recover. How do you enjoy these uh, joint practices you've got going at the moment? I know you've got the Browns this week, you had the, the Jags last mm-hmm. week and uh, getting in those kind of scrimmages that aren't official preseason games. Yeah, man, you know, they they all competitive. You know, I tell myself, you know, it's like a, a scrimmage within the scrimmage, you know, so... uh it's a great opportunity, you know, get the feel for a team that you're facing, and uh, get an opportunity, you know, get a chance to, you know, kind of hit hit your pad with a, a different color uh, helmet and things like that. But the whole thing is just trying to, you know, get better and uh, I guess another opponent just focus on your, your job. There's been talk about losing some of the preseason games, maybe with these scrimmages becoming more and more popular. Do you think that's something that maybe the players would welcome? Is is taking that element of preseason games out of it and just focusing more on the training side, the mental side of the game? Uh, you know, maybe that may happen down the road. You know, you never know. But uh, I'm just, you know, doing, you know, doing supposed to uh, just get some good work in, you know, get a, a opponent in a, in, in a practice type tempo. And then they prepare you for the football game. So let's talk about the D this year. Mike Smith has come in as your new coordinator. And you talked about the fact a couple of weeks ago, you weren't having to think too much about the football you were playing. And you felt that's the case for the whole defense. Why do you think they've, they've taken uh-huh. to his scheme so quickly? Oh, man, I just, just, uh, everybody, you know, being smart about what they're supposed to do. Everybody learning what their job is, learning what everybody else's job is, and what everybody else is supposed to be doing to make the game easier. To where you know the communication aspect of the game is just a piece of cake, and uh, everybody is just doing their job and uh, communicating, being on point, everybody being where they're supposed to be. I mean, the thing is, in theory, Lovey Smith's defense, that Tampa two style, was meant to be just that simple, allow you to get on the field and play. Why do you think it's different now? Uh, just you know, the more the different style. You know, the last game you had a different style, and this game is a different style. Uh, so. It, it, it's not a lot, you know, it's details that goes into it, you know, just guys just feel more comfortable with the way, you know, their talent level is and uh, the way, and and they feel like, the, you know, their talent level will fit in this deep, within this defense. Uh, Smith said it would kind of be based around a 4-3 front, but you'd have to be flexible. Are you learning a lot of new wrinkles, maybe shifting around in that front seven? Yeah, I mean that's within that's within whenever defense. You know, it's basically you know at, me for uh, as a linebacker, I, I try to learn you know not only my position but what everybody else's position because you know a certain different situation you may be put in a position where you got to do something what another guy does, and uh, you know in, in this defense, you know 
it's not it's sometimes it allows you to do that so uh you know so far so good is it he did talk about shifts in that as well are you guys sticking with that kind of one gap scheme how does that suit you uh man you know just this is very you know simple scheme you know man getting me in you know run sideline sideline make my correct reads you know sometimes they gapped out it's a lot of different things like you said there's multiple but uh it's just all, all based on what he called Get going into the fifth year, then you are the longest tenured linebacker on that team. Obviously, you got Kwon Alexander alongside going to his second year, but three of those first four picks were defensive this year. Have you have you felt much pressure to have to step up as a leader on that defense? Uh, you know, not really. I mean, you know, a lot of guys, you know, leaders within themselves. You know, not just me as a leader. You got Gerald, you got Chris Conti, you got Bradley McDougal, you got Robert Ayers, you got Jacquee Smith, you got you know Brent Grimes, you got. Uh, Merlin guys, you know, those guys like that, I consider them leads too because, you know, they've been in the league for a very long time. They know what it takes to, you know, to win football games. They know what it takes to, you know, push through certain situations. So, you know, me, you know, I mean, obviously I consider myself leader, but it's not just me. I have help all around. I mean, you mentioned him there, but Gerald McCoy is a guy who probably would have been seen as the face of the franchise before Jameis came in, and he's a guy who's been a leader on that defense for a few years now. What have you learned from him? During the Cheltenham Festival, Betway are giving you the chance to win £50,000 in the free-to-play or to win game. Head to Betway.com to play now. Up next, more horses. Horse, horse, horse. Horse, horse, horse. Horse, horse, horse. Full terms apply. 18 plus only. BeGambleAware.org. And what do you take from his ability and his leadership? Oh man, you know, he's a hard worker. He's a hard worker. He's always going to the football and uh, he's leading by example. And uh, that's something uh, that I take from him, you know. No talking, just go out there, do your job and do your job at your best ability and dominate while you're doing it. And that's what he's been doing and uh, that's the type of leader he chose he, he needed to be. So, um, you know, uh, that's, what, that's, that's what he's doing. I mean, the, the the pass rush was questioned a bit last year, and obviously GMAC gets all of that pressure up the middle, but having Noah Smith coming in, having Robert Ayers in there as well, he must be pretty delighted with the extra uh, talent you're adding on that line. Yeah, I mean, of course, of course. You know, those guys stepping up, you know, making plays, and also we got getting guys back healthy, so that's a pretty good thing. So, um, you know, so it was looking pretty good so far, you know, but, you know, it was preseason to get a chance to get a look at that, but... Can't wait till the regular season come to see how we dominate. What about that linebacking core then as well with you guys? K1 impressed a lot of people in the first year. Daryl Smith, obviously a veteran, joining you this season as well. How do you feel about your core and what you guys can achieve? Oh, man, I feel like Scott's been with us, man. You know, like you said, you got a lot of young guys with uh, attitude to come in and dominate and uh, wreck, havoc, wreck havoc across the board. So, uh, you know, like you said, I feel comfortable in corn. You know, we play, I got a chance to play with him for a year, so... You know, I know he's capable of love. Then we brought in Dallas Smith, a veteran guy who knows his defense and knows what everybody's supposed to be doing. So, you know, I feel you know very comfortable in the group that we have and uh, feel like we can do great things. Is, is there anything you guys looked at back on last season and thought, whilst there was obviously the improvement in the team overall, that, that you felt needed to be improved, that you felt you needed to work on this offseason? Uh, basically, you know, just trying to, you know, control the football game. You know, we'll take the ball away from... Uh, Take the ball away from our offense and uh, play, you know, just create more turnovers as much as we can. So that's what we're trying to do. 
I mean, that turnovers is a big question because you personally, obviously, you've still been performing. We're big fans here, but versus when Greg Schiano is there and Lovey Smith coming in, you know, there there has been a difference in terms of your splash plays. Let's say, you know, the the inceptions have gone down, the sacks have gone down a little bit. Is that something you think? Can you kind of pinpoint why that might have happened under Lovey Smith? And is it something that you think we might see a return of of those splashy takeaway type plays this year? No, it's just a matter of me taking advantage of my opportunities. You know, when I have an opportunity like that to, to make a play on the football, I have to take advantage of it. You know, I have to, you know, go all out and try to get the football as much as I can, you know. But there's no, there's no big difference between the schemes or whatever. It's all about me just doing my job within my job and uh, creating plays within my job. Yeah, and you think this scheme gives you the opportunity to, to get those kind of opportunities, you think? Uh, this scheme is, you know, based upon, you know, it just puts you in the position to make plays. As in, as it, as such, any scheme, you know, that's any defensive scheme. Just try to put you in the position to make plays. But at talent level, you got to you got to take over to where, you know, when that play comes, the opportunity comes, you got to take advantage of it. So you guys are kicking off that season with the tough road game at the Falcons, divisional game to kick things off, and then well, it doesn't get much easier in your first month. Cardinals, Rams, Super Bowl champions coming to the Raymond James. Have you guys started to think about the the realistically what you're going to expect from football or is it still all about the day-by-day prep at the moment? All about day-by-day, all about day-by-day. You know, we're not looking ahead. We, uh, no, then, um, you know, we're just taking day-by-day and then uh, when that time comes, we'll take care of it, take care of it when, uh, when they get here. But, you know, from right now, we just focus on day and trying to get better every day. I'm always intrigued divisionally. The Panthers, obviously, going to the Super Bowl last year. Does that put a chip on your shoulder personally, on the team's shoulder personally, to know that, you know, the NFC South had a representative and it wasn't you? No, not really. I mean, you just, you just know that, you know, that team is a team to be in this division. You know, they won the division three years in a row, but right now we're just trying to focus on Tampa Bay Buccaneers and us getting better. And uh, when that time comes, and when we get ready to play them, we got to be able to dominate when that time we get on the field. And I got to ask you as well, Levante, you a Madden player? Uh, no, not really, not really. But I was able to get cocky, so I might check it out. Uh, I haven't played Madden <laughs> in a while, you know. So, um, but. Now that I got me a copy, so I might I might try to check it out, see how it is. Hey, we think you're a bit. Uh, you, you're still rated in the kind of top ten at your position this year, but for me, underrated comparatively. So uh, you've got to get out there and prove them wrong. Yeah, yeah, I do. You know, that's, that's, you know, that's the main thing. Just try to do what I can do. You know, maybe uh, get a boost from here and there, but you know, hey. I can't control that. i got to control what I can control. <laughs> Good stuff. Look, Levante, we wish you the best of luck for the season. Do you have a personal target, something you're looking to hit from your either personal stance or, or for a team this year? Is there something that, that uh, you know, coming in, the head coach has said, this is where we need to be this year? Oh, man, we're just trying to, right now, we're just trying to win the division, make the playoffs and try to dominate there. That's it. We'd love to see you there. Look, Levante, real pleasure. Thank you for your time. No problem. Thank you. Levante David there, uh, interesting stuff, and tomorrow, I'm sorry that it's Bucks heavy, but we're going to be speaking with Mike Evans as well, and then next Monday, we're going to be speaking with a certain Atlanta Falcons wide receiver, who you might be selecting very high in your fantasy drafts. I think we should use that for our fantasy special, shouldn't we? Yeah. That would make sense, wouldn't it? Um, we're doing a big feature in the magazine on the uh, on the top wide receivers in the league and how they develop their catching skills. We, uh, Odell Beckham was spoken to when he was out here in the UK. And, and yeah, we, we're going to be speaking Mike Evans for that same feature and Julio Jones. And Oh, no, I said his name. I ruined it. Oh. Um, <laughs> I, I don't think anyone thought I was talking about Mohamed Sanu. <laughs> Do you know what? No one <laughs>
<laughs> Shall we do our uh, all NFC North team? Yeah, let's do it. Where would you like to start? Uh, first of all, let's start off with because we we haven't really been giving these divisions necessarily outside of going for the all team the respect they deserve just tell me maybe we'll do a prediction throughout the league but how do you see the nfc north going this season i see i'm always i'm a pessimistic packers fan however i see the green bay packers winning this maybe a 12 and 4 11 and 5 record i think bears and the, the, the lions will both have losing records and the Vikings will be maybe one or two above um, at 500. Yeah, I, I think I think for me it's it's an, an improving division across the board, but that's not necessarily a positive for those lower teams. I actually think the Lions are a better team than many people are giving them love for. With Calvin Johnson not around, I know everyone's going to miss Megatron and particularly Matthew Stafford out of everyone, but I think they're a better team than people are giving them love for. After J- uh, Jim Bob Cooter came in last year, he made a big, big difference. I think the defence gets Haloti Nata back, which is what they need in the middle of the line. The offensive line is young, but making big improvements I think like the Lions look like a 500 type team to me I'm not saying that they're brilliant but it's the best Lions team I think since they made those playoff runs a couple of years ago um, the Bears are again massively improving particularly on defence their running back looks ludicrously thin I don't yeah. buy Jeremy Langford is is a uh, I, I, fantasy people seem to love Jeremy Langford I'm not quite buying in on him yet and the fact they're in a tough division all round makes it tougher uh, I do think I think the Vikings are a really good team. I think their defense is excellent, well, as you'll see from our I, as our all NFC team. I totally agree. Their but, defense looks absolutely loaded, and their players that uh, Harrison Smith for one that have just got better and better year on year. So worried about that. When do they move into this new stadium? Is it this season? Yeah, yeah. So there's so, been uh, there's been there's already. I think the first preseason game there is this weekend, and they've already had Metallica played there the other night, and uh, they've already had an MLS preseason game. I think Chelsea played against an MLS team or something like that. You know, one of those kind of friendlies. So they've they've been doing a lot of events to test the proverbial waters, mm-hmm. and there's, there were some issues. The, the uh, Metallica thing, people said, generally was very good, but there were issues with lines and toilets in the wrong place. Like, so uh, they need more signs up. So that's the whole point of them doing these things, isn't it? But I hate the fact they've moved indoors i just well it was part of their their thing over the last two years where it was just really cold and it's part you know but teams wouldn't be used to it now you're taking away that weather that weather issue which they could have played you know they could have had as a as something as an advantage for them there's the big question going forward for the vikings is you've got a 31-year-old running back with nearly 2,400 career carries who, yes, he still looks freakishly good at his age, but, and spoiler alert, might get picked for our team, but Teddy Bridgewater's going to need a contract soon. Peterson's going to be out of town pretty soon. What's that team going to look like offensively beyond Mm. this year? Is Bridgewater the man? I don't think so. And then the Packers, I mean, I've got the Packers as having a huge bounce back year offensively. And you say that, they still outscored every other team in the division last year. Um, So, uh, you know, they are, 
they're gonna i think jordy nelson does make a huge difference but all in all i think their scheming sounds like it's going to be more interesting this year well the worry with jordy uh, nelson the packers is... i've got as my super bowl pick at the moment based wow. on everything i know from pre-season and that's nonsense but yeah i thought the packers going to the super bowl from the nfc for me this year oh, not the will gavin curse <laughs> oh, no. the will gavin kiss of death sorry packers fans <laughs> um, i'm worried about jordy nelson he hasn't practiced as much he's not nah, it's he's fine not, just not keeping suited him up keeping him fresh okay <laughs> it'll be fine <laughs> Why are you suddenly the most positive person out of the two of us? I have no this idea. Weird. I've got no idea. Right. So, all NFC North team. Where do you want to start? Defense. Yeah. Why not? Because I think everyone knows what most of the offense is going to look like. Yep. Um, we're playing four three. Because yeah, I fine. think I think it's three of the teams in the league play four three rather. Yeah, and then you get, well, you get kind of hybrid fronts. Like the Bears now have moved to a three-four, but still have got a lot of. I, I think the two defenses that matter, like uh, the the the, well, the, Packers, the Packers, is kind of a hybrid. Yeah, defense. because of, uh, the first two downs, Clay Matthews is back, and then he comes as a defensive end in, on on third down, so it becomes sort of a, a four-three or a five-two. And we talked about that. Levante David was very interesting on that. He was saying, you know, that's what he's enjoying doing he's enjoying the fact that there are shifts it's still a one gap scheme so he still knows where he's going and knows what pressure he's going to be going for but he's getting to move around a bit learn positions on the defensive line go inside outside mix it up and so i think yeah we, we're kind of hybriding but mainly four three um for me the line basically picked itself but i'm interested to know who you had yeah i mean I, you've got Mike Daniels in there. I think he was outstanding last season. Do you have him playing as a tackle? Uh, yeah, defensive tackle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Inside, uh, alongside Linville Joseph, who was an incredible run stuffer last year. I, I'm really impressed with him. Big, big fan of Linville Joseph. Um, yeah, he got the contract he deserved. Uh, I, now, I've gone. I've I've done it a bit pro bowling. So I've gone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've gone. Everson Griffin. Yeah. Uh, on one of the on one of the ends, mm-hmm. and Ziggy Ansa on the other. Literally the same front four. Yeah, quite literally. Ziggy Ansa's really impressed me over the past season. I I thought he started slowly his NFL career. It's not pass rush heavy. Uh, it's a really good run stopping defense, not unlike the Vikings, really. Um, but Ziggy Ansa adds that bit of explosiveness yeah. to it. And then when you add Clay Matthews in the linebacking core. Then tell me that's and let him play done. as a pure line, play, uh, like let him rush, get as a five man front when they need to on passing downs. Then you get that pressure that you need. So linebackers, I've got Anthony Barr, who I think is the best in the division. Yeah, uh, yeah. DeAndre Levy, who admittedly missed fifteen games last season out of sixteen or something like that, but yeah. showed enough previous to that to show to me that he's the all round package at linebacker. And then Clay Matthews. When we, because previously we've talked about making this defense, these all these defenses nickel based, because that's what most defenses are doing anyway. Clay Matthews would be my passing down guy for pressure, but would come out if we needed an extra. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it, that kind of he can mix it up. What do you? He's think not about- a great coverage guy. Clay Matthews isn't someone who I want dropping back. Who? What do you think about uh, Danny Trevathan? Danny Trevathan. See, this is what I was saying about Bears. Players. Actually, I think Pernell McPhee, quite well, harsh not to have him in the list. Well, those are the two that I'd highlighted, but I couldn't find room for because of Anthony Barr. At, actually, I didn't have DeAndre Levy. Um, I think Danny Trevathan probably, or, or Pernell McPhee, either of those two would sneak in for me. I, I, the, diff- the difficulty is, is that based on last season, Danny Trevathan would get in above... 
DeAndre Levy, and he's a mu- he's a great coverage guy. Danny Trevathan has the the sideline sideline speed of a safety, and could theoretically drop back and play that kind of Dion Buchanan nickelbacker type situation for the uh, for the second tight end or, or, he, or and like and that. I get that gives you that fluidity, and maybe I'm giving it to DeAndre Levy as like a lifetime achievement award type thing, but that's I, I wouldn't necessarily have any issue with that being those two being the two names that we're mixing into it. And Pernod McPhee had a great year last year, a bit of a bounce-back year. He's just on the outside of what's quite a good linebacking call. Um, uh, out, um, what, what are they called? Where am I getting these depth charts from? Outlads. <laughs> Outlads has, Our them, lads, yeah. has them on the pup list. So, you know, perhaps it, that's another reason why uh, we're not, in, not including him. Um, I think safeties-wise was really easy. Yes. In, in Harrison Smith, you've got one of the top three or four free safeties in the league. Um, I don't think his game is as well-rounded as some of the other guys we've talked about in at that position, but uh, he's very hard-hitting, big tackler, can come up and support in the run, can shut down the quarterback if he needs to, and can cover. So mm-hmm. he's the kind of all-round package, just not maybe quite at the same level as like your Seahawks safeties, that kind of thing. But uh, he's definitely there. And Morgan Burnett, who I thought was brilliant last year. In fact, the Packers' backfield in general, because I've, I've also got Sam Shields in there. You hate Sam who, Shields. Prior to, oh, I hated Sam Shields. I thought last year Sam Shields was excellent. And generally that line, that, that um, Green Bay backfield was a really big surprise for me last year because I thought Sam Shields was really good. I actually thought that Demarius Randall impressed me in fits and starts. Yeah. Uh, that Ha-Ha Clinton Dix is not a bad free safety. He's not Harrison Smith, but he's not bad at all. Well, uh, and think- Morgan Burnett, I think, is up there as some of the best strong safety. Like, they've got a really, really good unit there. And 12 months ago, I probably would have slanked it off. Well, I agree. But I wouldn't have Morgan Burnett. I th- I really like Ha Ha Clinton Dix. But he's a free safety. Well, he's... That's why I'd put Harrison Smith as my strong safety. <laughs> that's quite tasty. I quite like that. Yeah, because I think Harrison Smith has shown that he he can actually play both of those roles. Ha Ha Clinton Dix has has been used by Green Bay as a as a, as sort of a sack option as well, coming on the old blitz. So I, I, I'm leaning toward ha, towards Ha Ha. I might, I might put it out there as a Twitter poll. I know we said we'd do it last week, but I didn't like any of the Twitter polls we said we'd do, so I didn't put it out there and just pick the players. What we will do is put all eight of these teams out on Twitter in the next 24 hours after this pod's gone out, and you can give your thoughts on them, where we've gone wrong, where we've gone right. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of the corners, I found... Again, I found... This, well, I, gave, I put Sam Shields in there, which made me feel a little sick. See, I didn't, I didn't have Sam Shields. <laughs> Who have you got? I've got Darius Slay. Oh, Dar- yeah, Darius Slay was the first name on there yeah, for me. easy. Um, got his big contract this off-season. Um, but from... I, I, I brought up his stats for last year. First two weeks, he was really bad. And then he only allowed uh, a, under 440 receiving yards for the next thir- 14 games of the season. Uh, got a couple of picks, 13 passes defended. Uh, only 25 years old. Big, long reach. He's, he's a good player. Well, he has said that only he hasn't had i think it's four picks in his entire career which is amazing for a guy that came into the league in 2013 and that's something that he'll be working on 
and this season and and forthcoming he, he's got a good number of passes defense and when he's half decent like these guys are they won't get thrown to as much because nobody well exactly if people are uh, looking at the lions and they're deciding which side of the field to throw to they're probably wanting to pick on nevin lawson or quandre Diggs over darius slay and so uh, it's that number of how few yards he's given up that i think really shows how vital he is to a defence. I had him, Sam Shields, and then Xavier Rhodes. See, Xavier Rhodes, I had... Um, I also had Terence Newman. I like... Uh, Terence Newman's come in this season, hasn't he? Yes, he has, yeah. From Cincinnati. Um, I think we need to look to the future, man. Terence Newman... Well, I suppose you're right. Old, that's ma- old man Newman. That's, <laughs> that's what I've done with Ha-Ha over... Morgan Burnett. Okay, I will bow to that. Let's give Sam, let's put Sam Shields in the team. Let's give well, him well, the love. Well, well. <laughs> okay, let's. Uh, <laughs> God, I don't know why I'm umming and ahhing about putting a Green Bay Packer in the team. Let's put him in. <laughs> um, put right. him in the team. We haven't done the offense yet. Christ, uh, we're going quite long again, aren't we? Yep. Sorry, we did do. It's an hour and forty minutes that NFC West one. That was too much. Like an hour and ten minutes is fine. Oh, wow, that, an hour that and forty too, minutes is too, too much, much time that's spent in our company. Um, all right, Qu- let's bang these ones out. Right. Quarterback Aaron Rodgers, no contest. No contest. Uh, not even close. And anyone who claims it is is a ludicrous human being. Yeah, and stop listening now. Uh, running back. Keep downloading, though, please. Yeah. <laughs> Love you. Um, Adrian Peterson. Yep. Uh, I think if Eddie Lacy has the bounce back year and looks like 2013, 14 Eddie Lacy, then that could, that mantle could be handed over. But at the moment, it's very difficult to look beyond. Interested what you thought of wide receiver. I had a clear three in my mind, but then I really looked at it and I thought, I bet other people could argue from this. And I've got a clear three. Okay, who's your three? I think you've got two Packers in there and I haven't. No, you're wrong. Ooh, okay. Well, I like the way you actually move forward to the microphone <laughs> in actual interest. And then, uh, I've gone It's rare that you Jordy say something that interests me that much. So. <laughs> Jordy Nelson. Yep. Ocean Jeffrey. Yep. And Marvin Jones. What? That's ludicrous. I love Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones isn't the best wide receiver on the Lions. I did, I, I disagree. Golden with you. Tate, nah. has the, uh, Golden Tate. Right. Just because you've been listening let's, to other podcasts, let's take a bit and they're on now this. taking on taking on the, what they think. You're no, an no. absolute disgrace. Golden, Golden have, a, Tate. have an original thought of your own. Go watch Golden Tate when Calvin Johnson was out of the lineup this. injured. Go watch Golden Tate when Calvin Johnson was out of the lineup injured. And we spoke to him about this when he came over to London and he was such a nice gentleman. Marvin Jones, the guy we've talked about before, both liking. And yeah, he'll get more, he'll get fed more in Detroit than he probably did because he doesn't have Tyler Eifert and AJ Green. I will take the beer bet right now that Golden Tate outperforms Marvin Jones this season. I will take that beer bet. Great. Put it on the bar. <laughs> is that it? I've uh, forgotten what we did. So I've got Jordy Nelson, Golden Tate, Alfred Strong Jeffrey is my three. I can't believe you've taken Marvin Jones not only over Golden Tate, but over the number four receiver in this well, division, which is Randall Cobb. I think Randall Cobb didn't step up last season. Poor year last year. Yeah, Very really poor, poor year last year. I think he'll bounce back with Jordy Nelson back in the lineup. Out of the four teams, which has the best depth? It's got to be the Packers, right? With Devontae Adams, who also had a poor year. But and Jeff they love Janice... Abraderis as well. They've been talking him up in yeah. a big way as their potential wide receiver three. It, in, on paper, it's got the best depth. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we need to see what Kevin White's going to do for the Bears back this season. I, I, you know, I like him. Do I like him that much? You've got uh, Stefan Diggs at uh, the Vikings, what? Charles Johnson, Laquan Treadwell, who's coming in for their first-round draft pick. Um, Cordero Patterson, big year for him. 
as well. Oh, he has to perform this year. He has to do more than just return two kickoffs and then do nothing else. Because that's essentially what his years look like. What I love here is that we've edged towards our final picks on this podcast being the tight ends and the the offensive line. Which actually, ironically, I think is the weakest part of... um, Tie end wise, wise is dreadful. Oh, dr- dreadful! It's got to be Kyle Rudolph, right? It, it theoretically it has to be Kyle Rudolph, right? Mm. But we're talking there on pure talent and the fact that he likes to tell everyone he's one of the best tight ends in football. Do you know what? That's a great shout. He really does. <laughs> but this he'll is take the- any interview as well. What do you he? What do you think his career high in catches is in a season? Uh, Forty one. Well, it's higher than that. It's 53, but that's still low. He's never averaged more than 39 receiving yards a game. He is theoretically the best guy in there, and maybe he's suffered from the poor quarterback play they've had over the years with the likes of Ponder and now Bridgewater, who is a better option, but not. You know, I still have made it quite clear how little I rate him. Zach Miller's the interesting one to me. I think Carl Rudolph's who we pick, but Zach Miller was brilliant through four of the last six games of last year when he came in. Given Martellus Bennett's workload in that offence, which I know Adam Gase is gone, but the guy who's come in, whose name has now completely escaped me, is basically uh, Adam Gase light and will run the same offence. Vic Fangio. No, that's the defensive coordinator. Uh, Dugwell Loggins. (laughs) Um, Dugwell Loggins. Yeah, why not? Uh, No, Dow. Dow Loggins. (laughs) I'm enjoying your attempted pronunciations of these. It's incredible. Dow Loggins is who you mean. Loggins. It's definitely Dow Loggins. Right. Uh, <laughs> um, Zach Miller has the potential to be the the most productive tight end in this division. We give it to Carl Rudolph at the moment, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's not the best tight not, end in the we're division. We're not too happy about it, really. And then the offensive line. Uh, how have you gone? Tell me. Talk uh, to me. I've gone Sully as my centre. Ooh. I love him. I, yeah, I love him as a person. I, c- don't, I really don't know how he's going to look a year after a ma- microfracture surgery where he's not played for it's a, a homer pick it's but I've gone for it <laughs> it's not a homer pick a homer pick would be taking the entire Packers line which I very nearly did well, yeah I very nearly did as well but I've got I've done it as a homer pick because he loves Great Britain so fine great I think he's in plus he's a friend of the old show uh, I'd still say he's a friend, friend of the show, of the show. Why not? he's been on a couple of times friend of, friend of the show friend of the show okay um, uh, I, you've got to get in Kyle Long yeah, what did you do with Kyle Long? Well, I've, I've, because um, he's such a good player, I've bumped him out to right tackle. Well, he played right tackle last year, and he's he's moving back into right guard this year. And I think he's a better guard than he is a tackle. But I've done the same. I've taken the centre of the Packers line, taken T.J. Lang, yep, Corey too. Lindsay, and uh, Josh Sitton yeah. as a three in the middle. You told me he's taken John Sullivan. How can you take T.J. Lang and John Sullivan? Because um, John Sullivan is listed as a centre. Yeah, well, I'm just and saying. Jay Lang is listed as a right guard, and Josh Sittens is a left guard. What's your problem? Right, so that? that they will play this season. <laughs> What's, I don't know why you're angry with me here. I, I'm angry with you because I just named because I just named three players, and you said yeah to all of them. Not I Corey didn't mean Lindsay. I meant Corey Lindsay. That's who I was talking oh, about. Oh, who's the centre? Oh, so who's in the I got the position now? wrong. No, I was wrong there. But what I did say was, I said I've got the centre of the line. TJ Lang, Josh Sitton, Corey Lindsay, and you went, yeah, me too. Well, I mean, the two, either side of You're my You're saying you centre. weren't listening to me. Yeah, That's what you're saying. Yeah, but uh, you got the player wrong. <laughs> this is our first tiff of what's, the season. <laughs> what's happened <laughs> is that we're both wrong. Uh, <laughs> Lang and Sitton, uh, the best guards, uh, are up there as the best guards in the league. Actually, Carl Long's in that conversation as well. Um, Corey Lindsay's basically in there because he's solid 
and not come off a horrible injury for me. And then um, Kyle Long at right guard, and then it was either Bakhtiari or Brian Bulaga at left guard. And there's part of me that thinks Bulaga should get it on career, but Bakhtiari had the better 2015. So what do you want to go, recency bias or... And he's the younger guy. Do you go recency bias or do you go uh, overall career? I'm going... Well, we went recency bias with our defence, so let's go on our offence as well. So David Bakhtiari is Is in, yes. Fine, I'll take John Sullivan at centre. Corey Lindsley, you're out. Uh, You're in if he's still injured. That's the deal. Uh, (laughs) I don't think he cares. Uh, (laughs) So, our all NFC North team... He won't have a Des (laughs) Bryant-esque paddy about it. I I can't believe it. I wasn't on the gridiron all the (laughs) NFC West team. Damn it. So, uh, NFC North, it's your own division. Come on, man. Aaron (laughs) Rodgers, Adrian Peterson, wide receivers, Jordy Nelson, Alshon Jeffrey, and we're going to put which Lions receiver based on a beer bet. We're not even going to put it out to Twitter. Carl Rudolph at tight (laughs) end. Do you know what? I reckon we'd get about six responses. (laughs) (laughs) No one cares about the Lions. Maybe we should put it out there anyway. Um, uh, Line, David Bakhtiari, Josh Sitton, TJ Lang, uh, John Sullivan and Kyle Long. Defence, front four of Everson Griffin, Ziggy Anter on the outside, Mike Daniels and Linville Joseph. Inside, Anthony Barr, DeAndre Levy, Clay Matthews at linebacker, Darius Lay, Sam Shields and Xavier Rhodes at cornerback. And then at safeties, did we make a decision on this? Are we going to do Harrison Smith and Ha Ha Clinton Dix? Go young. Go recency. Yeah. Why not? Let's do that. Right, that's our team. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We're missing one. Uh, oh, we, yeah, somebody tweeted us. The can, fullback. Can you find out who... Oh, right. Aaron Ripkowski. <laughs> I forgot, yeah. So the fullback is Aaron Ripkowski. Okay, Great, thank fine. you very much. We'll give you that. <laughs> somebody also asked us, and I'm just trying to find out who it is now. This is a man live searching Twitter. Uh, if we could put a long snapper in our team, because we've not done one for any of the other divisions. They're very upset with us. It was Adam Foxcroft, who is a regular and a contributor disgrace. to I the show. I want no part of this <laughs> aberration on our team. Long snapper is not a position that I want to be uh, associated with. Um, it's a very easy for the NFC North. There's only one man it could be. Uh, am I right, guys? Well, you're talking, Any- anybody you're agree talking with me? to people that can't reply because <laughs> I'm not replying to you. Well, it's got to be Don Mulback. Who? Don Mulback. Is he the Bears guy? No, he's the Lions guy. The, it would have been the Bears guy two years ago because they'd had the late, same long slapper for like 17 years. And so you've got to trust that length of time. So now we give it to Don Mulback, who has been uh, with the Lions since uh, 2004. Was with, the best with, with Baltimore the before that. 13 years NFL experience. None of the other long slappers in the division have got more than three. I got involved then. Got to give Why it to you. <laughs> <laughs> so Don Mulback is our long snapper. I'm who's not doing our, a punter or kicker, though. Who's our holder? <laughs> I'm not doing one. <laughs> we need a holder. Uh, Matt Flynn. He's going to come back. He's going to rejoin <laughs> Green Bay as just a holder. Uh, Flynn. <laughs> oh, my time code back, because I had a real problem finding your swear words last week. Uh, tweet. Uh, people have tweeted us. We've gone really long. How long have we been talking for? 54 minutes. And the Lamonte David interviews at uh, 11 or 12 minutes long. Yeah, get so on we'll with add it. that in there. Let's get to tweets. Right. Uh, lots of just general Twitter questions, not all NFC North. Tom Knight asks, should the Jets cut Gino and roll with Bryce Petty as the backup to Fitz? No. Gino Smith could have that starting job in a year time. He could even take the starting job off Ryan Fitzpatrick this year. And there's Christian Hackenberg in there as well. And Christian Hackenberg's in there as well. Calm down. Calm your storm. I like Geno Smith. I'm sorry. Uh, Jake Viney oh, asked... I'm do- sorry, that's... Uh, <laughs> that's- <laughs> <laughs> Jake Viney asked, do you two play Madden? 
recreationally i'm not one of these crazy hardcore people who plays online and stuff i say i play i only play when i'm around yours yeah I didn't even play when I was staying at your house because I couldn't figure out how to turn it on. I'm such a Luddite. (laughs) (laughs) There's somebody from EA coming on the show tonight, isn't there? And I did email... No, there's not. Oh, there's not anymore, is there? Ignore that. I I think next week's... No, wait. uh, (laughs) In two weeks' time's show. Um, I have emailed EA asking them for a review copy, though. So uh, they've sorted us out in other years. So hopefully we'll (laughs) get... Nice work. Hopefully we'll get a free copy copy of Madden. For your your own personal use. Pete Carline (laughs) has tweeted us. And I'd like to just point out that Pete Carline has changed his Twitter profile picture to a picture of him interviewing um, uh, Jared Allen... Uh, when they came out to Wembley for the pre-season a few years ago and they do that when we all went down and interviewed them. Yeah. So he's got a photo of him interviewing Jared Allen in the seats and there's not a more ludicrous picture of two human beings because Pete's there and he's worn and this, the day was like today was outside, 30, 31 degrees. It was boiling. We were on the wrong side of Wembley. We were in the sun and Jared Allen is wearing his Vikings jersey and has got a full mullet going on, and Carline's there in a button-down white shirt and a proper tie and looking as smart as humanly possible, and it's just the juxtaposition between the two of them is amazing. Can I just say it's better than his last one, and I'll whisper it in your ear <laughs> what, what he looked like. <laughs> Much better than that, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, he says, Will the Bears, Lions and Vikings sweep the Packers at Lambeau again? No. In fact, if anything, the Packers are going to sweep everyone else at Lambeau again. Uh, I would like to say something that I said at 54-20, uh, but I won't. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Stephen Adams tweets, how many more years will Jay Cutler get? He's 33, and I would suggest that... Has he got two more years on his contract? I think it's something Yeah, I, like I think he's one of those... He, he can probably pay play based on his style of play till he's 38 39 yeah. i just don't know if he's got it in him I, mean, I think he might get to 35 36 if the bears there's, do, there's, there's hope if the bears aren't a good team in two years time he might just go ah, do you know what jay stay with it. the bears as long as you can <laughs> that's what i say keep going buddy yeah keep on going keep plugging away chris jones asks us weirdly jumping to the dolphins is this ryan Tannehill's last year as a starter in the nfl if miami go worse than eight and eight do you know what that's a great shout it's a question uh, i put on the running order for the NFL show which we're recording next week and um, <laughs> he really needs to deliver however didn't he sign a massive contract last year the yeah, beginning of last season I, I, so the, the reason is no because theoretically with Adam Gase he should be good this year the Dolphins have the potential to have a winning team this year but they still have an offensive line which we don't know what it's going to look like but theoretically it's probably going to still be a swing gate and that's been his biggest problem is that he's not had anything like a decent offensive line there Kenny Stills has had a really good preseason. theoretically him Jarvis Landry and Devontae Parker could make up a really good receiving core mm. uh, we don't know what they're going to do running back I just think they, they stink of an 8-8 eight and eight team right now if they went seven and nine, do I think they don't start Tannehill next year? No, I think they still do. If they go four and twelve, and he's the f- the reason. Then there's an argument for it, but I'd be surprised. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree. Uh, Tony on Twitter. Oh no, that's in relation to another question we've been asked by Neil Dutton, who says a magnum of your choice or any flavoured calippo. Now, so it's a magnum of your choice versus a calippo of your choice. Oh my god, I I, I, I was once swayed. <laughs> partic- just by the advertising when it came to Magnum, and it was when Eva Longoria was uh, yes. was was um, promoting a particular Magnum. I can't even remember what it was for. It was a really good Magnum. 
Uh, it's, it's basically a posh troc ice, though, isn't it? I, I think the thing is, for me, if I'm just having an ice cream to enjoy an ice cream, like, if I'm in my own home and mm. I'm feeling a little bit flamboyant, maybe I'll have a Magnum. But if it's like it is outside today, give me a Calippo every time yeah. because it cools me down. What's your favourite flavour, Calippo? Uh, <laughs> um, I can remember they used to do a pina colada one, which I don't know if they still do, but that was really good. See, I don't think you can beat a Coke one or uh, a lime one. These are ones that, for some reason, you cannot find in Great Britain. Yeah, see, I think the, the I pina, hate col- that. I I think hate the pina that. colada one was one I had in Portugal uh, while on Algarve, and I don't think that it's been bettered. Who are you waving at? Oh, they're just telling me Phil Spooner's here. Spooner! Yeah. Phil, the producer Spooner, is in the house. Yeah. Uh, Tony replied to that by saying, always take the champagne over a Calippo. I, I've never tried the champagne magnum. I doubt I ever will. Maybe he literally meant a magnum of champagne. I could do with a magnum right now. Is there a champagne-flavoured magnum, or is he making a gag on the fact that a big bottle of champagne is called a magnum? I can't tell. It's not clear enough, Tony. Come on. Oh, yeah, maybe it is that. Would you ever... <laughs> Dutz also asked, would you ever wear KFC-flavoured sunblock? Uh, can I lick the sunblock off my body? <laughs> the face Ollie has just made is uh, maybe the most disgusted I've ever made him. I love KFC. Oh. I am a fat bastard. Oh. Is it based on... Oh, I went to... Is it like the flavour of KFC gravy? I, I went totally to... Wear. I had chicken two nights in a row. Um, <laughs> treat this treat week. yourself. Yeah, but it was... Uh, I went to Joe's in Soho. It was all right. Uh, I had a chicken burger, buffalo chicken burger with blue cheese, pretty good, and mac and cheese, which is really nice. And then I went Oof. to Chicken Liquor in Brixton. Have you been to Chicken Liquor? Nope. Oh, my God. Oh, yes, I have been to Chicken Liquor. It's the one downstairs, upstairs. They do loads of really good wings. Yeah, in Brixton yeah, Village. Yeah, I've been, I've been you there can with... Buy, um... You can get 48 wings. <laughs> <laughs> I know where we're going after the show. <laughs> hey uh, um, I've just seen that uh, uh, Michael Gelkin, who's um, a San Diego beat writer, has tweet, just tweeted, Chargers have proposed to Bosa what they made clear is their best offer. It was declined. Offer pulled. Two sides of nowhere. <gasps> this is turning into maybe the funniest story. Bosa's of the going to Dallas, isn't he? <laughs> uh, Chris has tweeted us over under on the 49ers wins. I'm at three and a half. Where you at? I'm going over. <laughs> I'm, I'm going over. Scraped. Um, I'm going five. Woof, woof, woof. And then the last one was just: Can you include an NFC long snapper? We've already done that. So, and it's the obvious one. If anyone's got any hot takes on any long snappers, tweet us. At Gridiron. Ollie, I think that's us done. Yeah, we've got to go, man. We've got to really go and prepare for a professional show about the NFL over on TalkSport 2, which I'm going to be on with the AFC one this week. Um, You'll have to vacate that chair. And uh, uh, not only am I going to be on the NFC one, are we going to do it in this studio? Yeah. I might just literally move where I'm sitting then. (laughs) Uh, This chair's really warm as well. I'm going to get off this seat. You know we're still recording. Nat mentions how warm this seat is. Phil, the producer, Spooner. Hey, Phil. In the house. Um, yeah, should we wrap up there then? Let's wrap it up. Because we've got to do a proper NFL show. Uh, so thank you very much for listening to us at Gridiron. Uh, oh, I-, I promised Sherry that we'd plug the magazine as well because oh, it yeah, comes, out the ne- comes out next week and the preview edition is brilliant and really worth checking out. So gridiron-magazine.com to find your subscriptions there. Subscribe now. You'll still get the magazine with the first issue. Uh, otherwise, thank you very much for listening. Tweet us at Gridiron. Go on iTunes, rate it, all that other good stuff that we always talk about. This has been the Gridiron Show.